Good evening. Welcome to this evening's edition of the Richard Urban Show. I am your host, Richard Urban, coming to you from a store at Carpers Ferry, West Virginia. We present news and views from God's point of view. Today we present part two of Why Absence Matters. We have become diseased spiritually and physically. So tonight I'd like to talk about the from the individual perspective how the development of our spirituality and also even our physical self is affected by the lack of sexual absence or by premature sex or sex outside marriage. So that's the topic I'd like to delve into. Let's get started with some words from Reverend Sum Young Moon. Let's read from the words of Reverend Sum Young Moon. This is from the family rooted in absolute sexual ethics, which is a model for God's absoluteness, peace, and ideal, and the global kingdom. Therefore, if Adam and Eve had achieved individual perfection, the perfection of character, by upholding the principles of absolute sexual purity in accordance with God's will, and then entering into conjugal relations through his blessing, they would have attained complete oneness with him. God would have dwelt within their union. Their children also would have been linked to his holy order of love, enjoying a direct relationship with God as their parent. In other words, the marriage of the perfected Adam and Eve, based on absolute purity and conjugal love, would have been God's own marriage. God is forever God, but at the same time Adam and Eve were to have become his incarnations. They would have become God's body. God would have settled inside their minds and hearts to become the true parent of humankind in both the spiritual and physical worlds on the foundation of absoluteness in conjugal love. Later, a few paragraphs down, Reverend Moon shares, However, it is false love, false life, false lineage have infested the earth. God's love, life, and lineage fell into the hands of the adulterer, Satan, the enemy of love. Heaven and earth were suffocated and transformed into hell. The world became a wretched place far from God's presence. Yet humanity to this day lives in ignorance of this. People are deluded into believing that the lineage of the enemy is the lifeline upon which the world depends. This is the wretched truth about humanity descended from the fall. This is why we refer to this world as hell on earth. God views humanity's tragic situation with a heart full of pain. I'd also like to read from Alan Bloom, The Closing of the American Mind, the classic 1987 book. We properly sense that there is a long road to adulthood, the condition in which they are able to govern themselves and to be true mothers and fathers. This road is a serious part of education, where animal sexuality becomes human sexuality, where instinct gives way in man to choice with regard to the true, the good, and the beautiful. Puberty does not provide man as it does other animals with all that he needs to leave behind others of his kind. This means that the animal part of his sexuality is intertwined with the most complex way with the higher reaches of his soul, which must inform the desires with its insight, and that the most delicate part of education is to keep the two in harmony. I cannot pretend that I understand very much of this mystery, but knowing that I do not 
know keeps me attentive to and far from the current simplifications of the phenomena of this aspect of our nature that links the highest and the lowest in us. I believe that the most interesting students are those who have not settled the sexual problem, who are still young, even look young for their age, who think there is much to look forward to and much they must yet grow up to, fresh and naive, excited by the mysteries to which they have not yet been fully initiated. There are some who are men and women at the age of 16, who have nothing more to learn about the erotic. They are adult in the sense that they will no longer change very much. They may become competent specialists, but they are flat-souled. The world is for them what it presents itself to the senses to be, is unadorned by imagination and devoid of ideals. This flat soul is what the sexual wisdom of our time conspires to make universal. So what is Mr. Bloom talking about here? Well, he's talking about that if you have sexual purity, the world is still exciting and you're looking forward to something. And he ties this in with the desire for greater learning and even learning about the classics and Socrates and that the sexualization of everything and the, um, how would you say, making everything profane and banal and grotesque is even is is wrong and he also mentions you know gay sexuality and how that is also flat-souled and wrong and banal not banal <laughs> carnal so mr bloom is basically saying the same thing that when you throw away your purity you're basically killing your soul it doesn't mean you can't you know repent or decide to become a vir secondary virgin. But what it does mean, it throws you into a spiritual state that you are separating yourself from God as an individual. So that's a spiritual, a spiritual aspect. I'd also like to read briefly from my, great, my own great uncle, Richard Wise. And I'd like... And this book is actually a um, rare book. It's from 1963. And I don't have... A, I'm just going to read it. Men's reactions to sexual urge have always been an element of his religious concepts. Spiritual teachers may well have thought it necessary somehow to impress on the semi-human being sexual self-control, as unrestrained indulgence would certainly have affected his mental powers. For his developing intellect developed, developed conscious memory of sex pleasure, thus giving him access to the act at all times and making him independent of nature's heat periods. Man, in some measure, becoming self-conscious, could not but be bewildered by the tremendous force of sex that overpowered him, rising from mysterious depths. Christianity drove sex underground so that it became half-hidden or was experienced with bad conscience. With the disintegration of Christianity, it has become clear that centuries of repression have made the mind not less a slave to sex, but more. Never has sex been commercially exploited to such an extent as it is now. And remember, this was in 1963, 60 years ago. When sex exhibition of female figures in magazines and on posters attracts the minds which fill their emptiness with sensations, seeking illusory happiness which ever eludes them. As we are slaves to sex, we do not experience it as free beings, but in a poisoned way, which is evident from the fact that what attracts and excites the male is largely an artificial adornment, 
a make-up and partial disclosure, very different from the nature, natural rather, less exciting naked body. But the very slavery to sex we divorce, sorry, by the very slavery to sex we divorce it from love. Here too, man has reached the end of his tether. Truly, human beings are to be pitied. So my great uncle Richard, my namesake, is saying the very same thing that by uh, um, how do you say not cashing in, caving in to our sexual urges, then we are effectively, you know, killing the higher self, and that by Christianity or some <clears throat> most aspects of Christianity saying, you know, sex is something that's uh, to be thought of as shameful, have repressed it. But the absolutely good moral values that Reverend Moon teaches talk about really good or absolutely good sex within the relationship of marriage, and that's when you're truly free. Without that, it's not sexual pleasure. It's actually a chain and fetters that fetters you. So now I'd like to um, move to the physical aspects of what uh, sexual activity outside of marriage does to you. These slides are from Relationships Intelligence, deciding your future presentation. So pornography especially hardcore and violent is linked to verbal bullying, use of drugs or alcohol as a course of tactic and rape by male college students. Students who watch violent porn were six times more likely to use bullying tactics or, force, or forcible rape. When you're in a sexual relationship with some sexual images, then your brain is conditioned. Another wise, not my uncle Richard, but Douglas Wise says, consistent viewing of anything or anyone during a sexual experience creates a sexual desire for that object or person. Sadly, many men have badly trained their brain hundreds or thousands of times by being sexual with themselves before their first legitimate sexual encounter. In other words, they masturbate with pornography. And that sexually trains their brain. And that messes up the sexuality. So then they can have trouble when they're with their wife in the future. Bad idea. Because sex forms a kind of glue between that image and that person. These teens became infected with HIV at a young age and they've all died. This was earlier in the AIDS crisis. This this lady, young lady, broke off her relationship with a boyfriend. She was engaged. This young lady was going into the military and this is Doug Caymans. He died too. HIV, of course, is one of the diseases that can enter your bloodstream and cause you to have HIV, uh, develop AIDS, acquired immune deficiency syndrome. Without treatment, it leads to death. There are no symptoms at the first part. So in places like Washington, D.C. and other large cities, and many, many people have HIV. In fact, in D.C., some 3.2% of the population is infected with HIV that's been diagnosed, and probably 6% actually has it. So that's an incredibly, you know, high number 
of people. That's mind-blowing. For disease with no cure, yes, people are living longer, but it's hardly a normal life when you constantly have diarrhea, when you have to take a whole penelope of drugs, very expensive drugs that cost, you know, tens of thousands of dollars per year. That cause, that cause your immune system to be weakened with breakouts like these. So that that's certainly no picnic. If you're sexually active, you might end up with a situation like this here, where Brad and Jenny, although Jenny's just having sex with Brad, before that, Brad had a relationship with Sue, and Sue with Joe, and Joe with Jill, and so on. If any one of these persons have a sexually transmitted disease, say this person here has gonorrhea, it can be passed on to Jenny. So it's like Brad is having sex, or Jenny is having sex, not just Brad, but all the people he had sex with and they had sex with, which could be dozens or more people. And are people really honest about what they've been doing in the past? No. This is a mind-blowing slide here. This is an actual study done at, done at a Midwest high school where 288 students are linked in a giant sexual network. So even if this girl, this red dot, had sex only with this guy, this blue dot, still she was exposed to 286 other people. That's crazy. But yet the half that never had sex didn't have any exposure. So what about at your high school or your college or your group of friends? How many people are you being exposed to? Well, golly, you wouldn't know, would you? You know? So that's something to give pause for thought. Condoms provide limited protection against STDs. About 80% for HIV, for vaginal intercourse, 50% for anal. Gonorrhea, chlamydia, general herpes, HPV, and syphilis, 50% per encounter. That's not very great. A study of couples in South America where the man was HIV positive, the woman was not. At the end of the study, those who always use the condom, 25% of the women still became infected. They didn't 50%. But would you like, even if it was a 1% chance, would you like to get on an airplane if there's a 1% chance it would crash, never mind a 25% chance? I don't think so. So in conclusion, why does absence matter? Well, if you want to develop your soul and spirit, that's the way God created us, to preserve our sexual purity before marriage. And that's how you can develop your soul and spirit, as we said. Also, this is uh, building on this last presentation, what the fall of man is. So if you haven't seen that, I urge you to uh, listen or go back to that, that uh, presentation and podcast. And then... Also, you certainly want to avoid all the physical consequences. And another consequence, of course, is the possibility of creating a life, you know, for which you were not prepared and gave the proper background, meaning you weren't married and you weren't ready to welcome a life into the world properly. So there's so many reasons to, uh, to stay abstinent, and, you know, that's going to help our world so much. As I'm saying, that is a fundamental core issue. And next time we'll deal with the effect on society of out-of-wedlock pregnancy and birth. So thank you so much for joining us.
for Why Absence Matters, Part 2, we have become diseased spiritually and physically. Do be blessed, and we will see you next week.